Hi and welcome to the 411. I'm Eddie and today uh, we're going to start the show off with talking about a bit of good news from each of us over this past summer. That's not how we start the 411. Sorry. Does that matter? Gag reel. All of it. <laughs> I love this as a goose clip. <laughs> Eddie, no really start. Eddie, you can start now. <laughs> no, I won't do it. Nope. Nope, because I don't know how. I don't know what to say. It goes, welcome to another episode of the 411. I'm Eddie. It's easy. I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll start. Welcome to another episode of the 411. I'm Eddie. Welcome to another episode of the 411. I'm Diana. About it. Okay, I'm ready. Everybody ready? Let's do it. All right, next polo is it. Chris left. He's gone. Welcome to another episode of the 411. I'm Eddie. I'm Marcus. I'm Diana. I'm Michelle. And I'm Chris. And today, before we get started with the show, we wanted to share a bit of good news from each of us about things that have gone on this summer, because some of us have made a lot of changes. Oh, hey. Um, I am really excited to share with everybody that uh, I have accepted the coordinator for digital learning uh, for Twin Lakes School Corporation. Uh, and I've already started, gotten in there and starting to uh, work through some things. Uh, it is an amazing opportunity uh, to work at a large school district and uh, a district that I have familiarity with because I taught there for nine years as an English teacher. So I get to go back, uh, some friendly faces, familiar faces, and I'm really, really motivated and driven uh, to continue to improve upon what's been happening in Twin Lakes School Corporation uh, when it comes to technology. So, ooh, ooh, ooh. That's awesome, Marcus. We are super happy and um, proud of you. Um, but there's another one of us who also started a new position. Eddie? Yeah, I did. Um, super excited. I am the CTE Innovation Coach at Central Nine Career Center in Greenwood. Very excited about the opportunity. I actually started my career in education as a CTE instructor in radio and television at my alma mater in Rushville. So uh, I did that for eight years, and then I did technology integration for two at Shelbyville. So I got to basically kind of blend both of those things. And um, after the Google Innovator Academy, like on paper, it was perfect. So I'm really excited. I've been there for uh, two weeks now, and it's an amazing experience. I, I have great passion uh, for career and technical education. Um, when I was a student, I won a state award um, for career and technical education called Awards for Excellence. And uh, so I got a lot of passion about uh, career and technical education, and I'm super excited to get started with them. It's an amazing experience. Uh, I am very passionate about what they do and shaping that conversation. So I hope to uh, 
hope to talk more as we as we go through but yeah very excited to be there staff has been phenomenal um, they popped in and you know we've had lots of conversations building those relationships so I, like I said very excited very passionate about uh, career in tech ed so it's uh it's the perfect position for me I think yeah me and Marcus new jobs guys I didn't start a new job but I ran my first half marathon last weekend my first one it was very exciting. It was in Chicago, um, and it was a great experience. I've been working hard. We talked about that in a previous episode. And I think I'm going to get started on a marathon. That's also um, my big news from the summer. On, on Sunday, Michelle and I ran the um, rock and roll half marathon in Chicago. It was really awesome to be able to do that. Um, with another member of the 411, since all of us as a group, we support each other virtually in running and training. Um, I had a blast, and I'm enjoying this week of a little bit of recovery and reflection, and I can't wait to uh, get out there and do it again. I actually, uh, it's a big summer, I quit teaching, um, got my commercial pilot's license, and did my first uh, transatlantic flight um, to the Ukraine. And it was pretty special. <laughs> did you know? Uh, actually, I didn't. Um, but I did. Uh, talking about like shared opportunities. Me and Marcus, he didn't mention this because uh, he had some bigger news. But this is beautiful Hawaii. Um, Marcus and I spent nearly two weeks together uh, with our families in Hawaii. And uh, incredibly blessed. And it's beautiful. That's awesome. Looks like everybody had a great summer, chance to recharge and redirect some focus here on the new school year. And we'd like to take a moment to briefly talk about classroom management in the digital age, especially starting whether you're a brand new teacher or a veteran. There are always some tips and tricks and then the group has tons of ideas and thoughts on just exactly how to manage your classroom in this all important digital age that we live in. I think that's a great topic um, as we're entering the new school year and getting started meeting all, all of our students and putting different procedures and rules into place in your classroom. So um, I'll go ahead and start it off with a question. When you start in a one-to-one -one environment and your kids walk in on that very first day, how much emphasis do you put on device etiquette, procedures for using um, tools online that sort of thing what are your thoughts on that um for from my perspective uh when it gets you know this may not be first day um but when those students get their devices assuming that they're getting them distributed early in the year um i personally am i'm of the opinion that that conversation starts right then and there like um Students get devices, and I think that's it from that moment. They get back to their classroom, they get back to their homeroom, or wherever it is that um, they're going after after that. And, I, I mean, I think ideally the conversation starts right then and there about, you know, proper use of the device, basics, basic sort of care. Um, but I think that I don't think we can, as educators, stress enough the vital importance of you know the responsibilities that go along with having a one-to-one -one device and 
of course, going into the whole conversation about digital citizenship, which is just an ongoing process throughout the entire uh, entire year. I think those conversations are extremely important, especially at the elementary level. So as we, in our district, introduce Chromebooks, um, I noticed that classrooms that have low breakage rates of Chromebooks, you know, those are the ones where they are covering those procedures, how you carry your Chromebook case, what you do with your Chromebook when it's not being in use, how you transfer it from one classroom to the next. Those conversations are really important and getting the students involved even in creating videos of the procedures or taking pictures of them holding their device correctly, um, those types of things I think can go a long way in spreading that message to other classrooms. I'll throw one quick thing in here. Two years ago, I got in front of the whole student body, um, K through 12 at Rossville, and I introduced myself and I told them about what I called the lunch tray and teddy bear method. Uh, and I said to them, I didn't want to see them carrying their Chromebooks in the hallways or in their classrooms if it wasn't either the lunch tray method, meaning the laptop was closed and they're carrying it with their hands on both sides like a lunch tray, or the teddy bear where they're holding it against their chest. And I was made fun of incessantly in the hallways for two years because of that. But guess what? Lunch tray or teddy bear. So... If you guys don't mind, I'm going to flip it a little bit. I think that, you know, from the school's perspective, having those routines um, are important for low breakage and different things like that. Um, but I would say paramount to that. Um, and, and Marcus, I believe, touched on it earlier with digital citizenship. Um, you know, keeping the kids safe online um, is much more valuable than any broken Chromebook or anything else. So what are some, some resources that you guys are using, um, you know, for, for digital citizenship in your, in your districts? Yeah, Chris, that's an awesome point. We used Common Sense Media and basically ran segments throughout that first handout day to discuss digital citizenship and making sure the conversation evolved around um, having that teacher have discussion items with the classroom as they went through and that was I felt like that was really important uh, to have a successful one-to-one -one rollout and basically have that buy-in from the kids and the buy-in from the staff that you know everybody that day that was our main focus which was digital citizenship uh, we had a couple segments of you know device maintenance and device usage but um, digit is so important to those kids I agree with you that that mantra of right up front outlining the criteria for what you expect a good digital citizen to be is super important and is more valuable than a broken Chromebook. 100%, buddy. Another really cool resource I want to share um, is the Be Internet Awesome initiative from Google for, for EDU. Um, it's really geared for elementary and middle school students. It's an entire curriculum and also some interactive game-based type learning. Um, and what's especially cool about Be Internet Awesome is that Indiana recently started um, the summer. We launched a group of educators in the Office of eLearning launched an initiative called Be Internet Awesome in Indiana. Um, and this initiative allows you to go through all those Google Be Internet Awesome lessons with your kids. And then you can also become part of a group of educators in our state who are passionate about um, DigSit and a community of um, 
educators that can share additional resources and kind of support each other. So be sure to check that out too. We'll link that below. Um, but I would say that the Internet Awesome and Common Sense Media are two really good places to get started. Uh, one quick thing on Be Internet Awesome, what I like about it is that, you know, uh, your teachers don't have to be experts. Um, they can look at that content and see how uh, it works out. And it, it is just really functional and usable. Uh, and I went to a couple of Diana sessions uh, this summer uh, that she presented on that. And it is just, it is cash money. Money in the bank. Everybody should check it out and see how they can implement it. That is awesome, Marcus uh, and Diana, about the Be Internet Awesome. I've had some experience with Common Sense Media, and uh, similar to Marcus, I would say that Common Sense, it is, um, you go to the site and pretty much the lessons are there, ready to roll, and they're grouped by grade level, K through two, three through five, so um, plus one for that. So next question, um, you know, I think teaching, one of the, one of the most challenging things uh, in teaching today, especially in uh, an environment with devices is just classroom management um, and device management. So, you know, kids are off task, they're playing games, they're doing all this stuff. How do we how do we combat that um, to to make sure the kids are learning? Can I say something unpopular? Michelle, I'm listening. I want to hear it. That's what we're here for, Michelle. Say it like it is. I think a cliche answer among people in our field is to quickly, as soon as a teacher or an educator says, you know, I can't seem to get my kids on task, they're off task, they're on YouTube, they're playing games, I feel like sometimes we're too quick to say, well, be more interesting than YouTube or be more interesting than whatever it is they're doing on their device. And I feel like that answer is really frustrating and kind of diminishing to teachers. And, and I'm hoping that we have some practical strategies for keeping students on task and focused because honestly, I don't know if I'm more interesting than YouTube most days. Um, so what ideas do you guys have for a practical classroom kind of behavior management with devices? So I think about initially walking into the classroom. What do you want your students to do? If you are in a one-to-one, environment or even if you have a cart situation do you want your students to walk in and immediately open up their device or do you want them to know when it's appropriate to do that um, and I don't think there's a right answer but just having that procedure in place so maybe your procedure is every day I'm going to have um, an activity on my classroom manage or on my um, LMS and my students walk in they know to sit down, they know to get started on something on their device, and there's there's something very um, targeted for them to work on. Um, or maybe you don't want them to walk in and get on their device right away, um, and so that's a procedure that, that you put into place. So I, I really don't think that there's um, like a right or wrong answer to that question, but I think you have to figure out what works for you and then right away, um, you know, figure that out with your students. I have a couple of middle school teachers who create like um, a magnet and one is a red Wi-Fi symbol and one is a green Wi-Fi symbol. And so when the students walk in, if the Wi-Fi symbol is green, they know they, they should sit down and get their device ready. Um, but if it is red, they know not to open the device. And so I think there are a lot of 
ideas like that that can help with that initial getting started for the day. Yeah, Diana, I totally agree. My my approach was basically uh, when I was in the classroom and what I always sort of preach to teachers now is just take that that sort of bell ringer activity, that starter activity that you would have done before and deliver that through the LMS and make it the habit, make it the ritual that students know that when they get to class, they're going to open that device and there's going to be something there for them to accomplish. Um, so that that, I feel like I'm, I'm guiding them down the road of using the device as a learning tool not as a distraction. I'm urging them down that path. And uh, um, I, I felt like that worked and that's what I usually sort of sort of bang the drum for. Yeah, and I'm losing daylight quickly, so you're getting all kinds of scary filter polos for me. But yes, I, I will always be on the side of finding ways of creation. So using those tools that they're so comfortable with being distracted back to some type of creation activity. And I think you can do that in a way that fits curriculum and meets your standards by creating projects that allow them to use their device in a productive and an academic way. So I will always be on the side of, we'll just flip it around. Like if they're spending too much time on that or they like being on YouTube, well, they can create video projects. Uh, if they like playing games, gamify some of your learning. So there are ways to bring that back into maybe a, a non-distractive environment probably not a good word to use, but making sure that they're not as distracted and using it as a learning tool. I've also heard teachers finding success with something simple like during an activity where students are using their devices, having a timer on the screen. So students are constantly aware of how much time they have. That visual itself helps students realize they have limited time to get a task done and stay a little bit more focused and less likely to be browsing the web. So that is a great point and I don't you know on task behavior is, is not new um, to education with devices it, it's different but you know I mean it's it's always been a struggle in in teaching and I, I mean there's no one silver bullet um, but there are things that work um, one thing I always like to do if you know if my students especially in the, in the digital age like if they're off task what what outlet or what what is it that if it's a game what is it about that game that they're interested in um and then i would try to model my class um off of that you know so um i know you know one of the things class craft um try gamifying your classroom um students you know online uh whether it's google docs and they're talking with one another giving students the opportunity for collaboration um Mimic the things that the students are doing um, in your lessons. And, and, you know, in a way I'm not saying be more interesting than YouTube, but that will inherently make your class uh, more interesting to the students. Another, um, like, practical kind of procedural thing that I've seen teachers have success with is having your devices at 45. So if there's a moment where you want eyes on you, um, or if you're transitioning, to another part of the lesson or whatever and you don't want students on the device. I've heard teachers say 45 and so the students will know that that means to close their lid 45 degrees 
Um, and I've also heard shut and 180. Um, and so that is where you ask students to completely close the lid. And of course this only works if you're doing a Chromebook or a laptop or something like that. Um, and then turn the device 180 degrees so that it's facing away um, from the student. So just another practical thing, procedural type thing that might be helpful for the classroom management. But honestly, Michelle, saying that cliche thing in a roundabout way always gets you back to finding ways to be more engaging in whatever it is, whether that's bringing the device back into the learning or being fun, exciting, and engaging in your you know, lesson delivery, it always comes back to that. So I know it's, I mean, it's easy for us to say, like, let's not say the cliche thing that you should be more engaging, but you should at least meet the students where they are. And I think by being more engaging and having that tool become a learning device, whether that's building projects or creating videos, I think that creates more engagement than what they were doing, gamifying your learning. So I, I know that we, we try to get away from being cliche by saying be more engaging, but in a, in a sense that's what we're trying to do. Let's find ways to, to get the students excited about your projects or lessons or curriculum. It wouldn't be an episode of the 411 if we didn't disagree a little bit. Um, and I don't disagree completely. I do think that you guys shared some really cool ideas about identifying what it is that is maybe distracting a student and leveraging that to create really awesome educational opportunities. So if students are interested in YouTube and watching videos, letting them be the videographer and creating videos. I think that's really neat. I think where we get into kind of murky water is where we think about entertainment and engagement as the same thing. And it's not. And sometimes the kids are going to be doing things that are just entertaining and that is what's distracting them. And I think if we think about technology's role as a tool to entertain, that's not the level of engagement that I think we want in our classroom. I think we want more than that. And I also think that that's probably an entirely separate 411 episode. So somebody write it down. All right, Michelle, make sure we remember that for a topic of a later episode. Um, we're going to go ahead and move on to our next topic for tonight's episode, and that is in sharing our word. So um, at the beginning of the year for New Year's, you see a lot of people deciding on a word that they use as sort of like a mantra or a motto, something that kind of anchors them through the goals that they have for the coming year. And yeah, it's not New Year's, but it is the beginning of our year as educators. And so for tonight, I would like all of us to think of a word, something that kind of highlights the goal that you have for yourself, um, either professionally or personally throughout this year, and kind of share why you've chosen that word and what it means to you. I have always kind of had a personal mantra, something that I've done for a number of years. But when I started working at my current role, my supervisor, my boss, my mentor at the time, Brandy Muha, shout out to you. She had me do this with her each year. And she didn't ask me to, to share the word with her, but she asked that it was something that I did for myself and I found it to be really powerful. So if you guys are game, I'd like to do that tonight. Um, so I have a hard time using just one word. Uh, I'm a bit of a wordy person 
as I'm proving right now. Uh, but I think I'm going to go with Drive. And the reason for that is that I really want to be driven to always look for ways to improve. And having that sense of drive, that motivation to um, not settle for what's always been the case and not settle for what's comfortable, uh, it's a difficult thing to do. So um, my word, drive, is my word for the year uh, going forward. Teachers are going to be coming up to Marcus. Is your name Google? Because you got drive. <clears throat> Okay, Chris, what's your word? My word is voice. Um, I want to work this year to basically, you know, we talk about student voice and choice. Um, and I know I've seen student choice, um, but I don't see student voice as much. And so this year I, I'm going to work on developing student voice and um, getting student voice in our, in our schools. So um, my word's voice. My word's gonna be enthusiasm. I'm gonna approach everything that I do this year with some form of enthusiasm. And that's hard. We have to work at that. It's something I've learned from you guys. It's something I've learned from speakers this summer. And it really is something that I want to focus on this year is just being more enthusiastic, uh, bringing that passion that I have to the new role that I have. And it's gonna be an exciting year and I hope to be more enthusiastic in the role and being able to relay that enthusiasm to other people around me because I do believe that enthusiasm breeds enthusiasm. That was instilled to me at a very young age and if you can be passionate about something, that bleeds over to other people that are in the room. So I'm really going to try to try to bring the energy, bring the fun, and uh, bring the enthusiasm. My word for this school year is discomfort. I am a firm believer that change and growth does not happen inside our comfort zones. And so this year I'm hoping to stretch myself. I am wanting to learn lots of new things and new skills. I want to be a more well-rounded educational technology professional. So that's going to mean being a little uncomfortable. My word for the year is going to be laughter. Of course, I want to be driven and um, I'm going to work very hard, but I think sometimes in education, things get really stressful, if we're being honest. And I want to remember to, even in the stressful moments, um, have some perspective. I love my job, I love being an educator, and it's really fun. And so I want to remind myself that during those stressful times, um, to keep it light and laugh through it. So before we call it a night, we'd love to hear what your word is for the school year too. So uh, wherever you're seeing this post, whether it's on Twitter or Facebook or Google Plus or YouTube, comment with your one word for the school year. And that's the 411.